Hello, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the March 3rd edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. My sponsor for this show is the Security Federal Bank. And you know what that means? That means that if you have banking needs, particularly the Paycheck Protection Program, you need to go see the folks at Security Federal Bank. Security Federal has multiple locations between Columbia County, Georgia and Columbia, South Carolina, and they are looking to hear from you to serve your needs. You will also notice that the music that I started with today is different, and that is because today marks the one-year anniversary of Local Matters. I started this program on March 4th, 2020, and you will always be able to remember that because that was at the beginning of the pandemic. Since that time, I have been enormously grateful for all of the support that you all have shown this program, and I'd like to continue to grow it bigger and better. Uh, I also invite you to go to my website, JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly.com, where I have all of the episodes that I have done since that time there. If you go to my website, you go to the Local Matters tab, and at that tab, you'll see every show from March 4th. This show has been hopefully a great vehicle for you to learn more about how local and state governments work and how you have some influence over your quality of life by getting engaged in the process. In the meantime, the show has been a tremendous blessing to me because it has been fun. Uh, It's been the ultimate cross between a job and a hobby. And I have enjoyed working with you, uh, providing you with information, uh, providing you with things to think about uh, that hopefully make you want to become more engaged and uh, has gotten you more energized with the idea of how you can do more to ensure that wherever you live, if it's here in Metro Augusta, and I know I have some listeners that are in several other states, but for any of you to get engaged in the process wherever it is that you live in order to ensure that you have a better community. Today, I have uh, Mr. Cal Ray. He is with the Economic Development Authority And he is here to enlighten us about the various economic development projects uh, that his organization will oversee if SPLOS 8 passes. But he's also going to talk to us a little generally about economic development and how professionals in his area do what they do. How are you doing today, Cal? I'm doing well. How How about you? I am great. I am so happy to have you. Uh, One of the things that my listeners have already figured out is that uh, I enjoy interviewing the folks that I used to work alongside um, in my new role of just trying to help people better understand local government, state government, and how all of it works to improve the quality of life in communities. So, and also helping people understand how they have some influence over the quality of life in their communities. 
And uh, this FLOST package is one of those things. Um, voters have an opportunity to say yes or no. And if they're going to talk uh, intelligently about it, if they're going to make a good decision for themselves, they need to understand what's on this FLOST package. So uh, you are uh, one of four or so people that I'll have come in and talk about various aspects of FLOST. Um, so I'm happy to have you uh, with me today. Um, but first, I want you to tell us a little bit more so people understand uh, what you do at the Economic Development Authority, how long you've been on Augusta, and how it is that you came to this business. Well, let's start with the last question first. So I've been doing this since 2003. I was finishing, well, I was in graduate school at Georgia Tech. I did an internship in economic development. As I was finishing my master's degree, I took the foreign service exam, completed that step, went to DC for my interviews. And there's about a three month gap there that my local community that I grew up in, went to high school in, asked me to come back and work with their economic development entity because of my internship and the research that I had done in the past uh, on the old IEDC, International Economic Development Council and their site selection standards. And went through that process, fell in love with what I was doing in North Alabama for economic development. And 18 years later, still in the industry. Uh, after I was in Coleman, Alabama for three years, which is just north of Birmingham and just south of Huntsville. From there, went to Dublin, Georgia. For, I was in Dublin, Georgia for seven years. From there, I went to Clarksville, Tennessee, which is just northwest of Nashville, Tennessee. I was there for four years, and now I've been in Augusta for just slightly over three years. I got to Augusta in January of 2018. And over those entire 18 years, I've done various economic development, including industrial recruitment. Uh, even some of those jobs included Chamber of Commerce, uh, CDB, and private foundations. So a little bit of everything over the last 18 years. But and if you Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, if you look back over your career and some of the projects that you were instrumental in, uh, what would be some of the ones that were most exciting to you and that you're most proud of? So if you go back to in Coleman, Alabama, over the course of a few years, we located about a billion dollars, which is a big number. Most of that was automotive recruitment. Uh, we had a great team there in North Alabama, all with suppliers to Nissan, Mercedes, uh, Kia, and then going to Dublin, Georgia, obviously a much smaller town than Augusta, uh, but we located several automotive suppliers there. We located a company out of Denmark. We located a company out of Germany. The German one was a company called Erdrich. A company out of Denmark was Denex, and we located those within 60 days of one another that put about four or 500 jobs in Dublin, Georgia. That was probably two of the most exciting because it really opened up the FDI into Dublin, and they've had multiple foreign investments since then. And then in Clarksville, we did a Google data center, which was a, obviously a huge project for the community, but we also helped locate LG's first North American manufacturing facility for refrigerators, which was the first one in decades for the U.S. to have appliance manufacturing back in the U.S. And that put 600 jobs directly in the market in Clarksville. And over that, including here in Augusta, over those different stops, fortunately, I've been in my, myself and my teams have been involved in, let's see, close to three and a half, four billion dollars worth of capital investment into those communities. All right. So it's been very good for those communities and jobs for the citizens. And that's at the end of the day, what we're here for is to create opportunities 
uh, for not only improved quality of life, but career opportunities for the citizens of those communities. Yeah, and that that really, I think, is uh, what I want our listeners to understand is that economic development professionals are working so they're, that other people can go to work, basically. Absolutely. That's absolutely that's the best way to say it. Yeah, you're creating opportunities for other people to go to work. And even if they're already working, the goal is to hopefully bring in some jobs with higher wages so that um, folks can take advantage of that opportunity to, to make a better living. Yeah, and while we're recruiting jobs, what we're really recruiting are careers, jobs that people actually have a sustainable living wage, but also have careers that support their families and help their families grow. All right. Thank you for that. And now moving into SPLOST, uh, I understand that on SPLOST A, there is $2 million set aside for retail and $10 million set aside for industrial recruitment. Uh, If you could just give our listeners an idea of how you all will utilize those funds if they are available to you. Sure. Let's take them individual. Let's take the retail piece first. Three Three and a half, maybe four years ago, the the County Commission and the Development Authority, just before I arrived in Augusta, had a partnership where they wanted to look at retail recruitment to the community, finding ways to serve retail to underserved areas of the community. So South Augusta, East Augusta. So there was a partnership there to fund a position within our organization to do retail recruitment. That has grown over the last three years Timothy McFalls was hired by my, under my staff to oversee retail and commercial development uh, with the support of the commission to find ways to find new retail opportunities for the community. So that's where it started. Now, retail tends to go where their disposable income exists, where higher wages exist, and where higher populations exist. So part of ours is just to tell the story of why South Augusta, why East Augusta, why are there opportunities where retail hasn't located uh, naturally? So part of these funds would be, let's say we wanted to locate a restaurant in South Augusta. We could acquire the property, put up the facility and bring in that operator to operate that restaurant uh, in South Augusta. It may be something we need to do in road improvements. It may need something we need to be able to improve in physical facilities to help Augusta to be higher on that list for that location to exist. And that could be a small, you know, one location, local operator of retail that wants a second location we can help, or it may be or it may be a major franchise that we want in the Augusta market. So we really cover the gamut there, trying to figure out what are the best fits, where are those best locations, and how do we help East, East, South, and even West Augusta, because we at the end of the day, we want more retail into the community to give more opportunities and more outlets for those disposable dollars to be spent locally. Okay. And um what activities can you just kind of tell us what kind of activities you'll be undertaking to build um, that in East and South Augusta? And I'll be, you know, very transparent about this. I was uh, raised in East Augusta, you know, left the community. When I came back, I just figured I'd move back to East Augusta. And um, it has been, in some ways, it's been great to be back because, I mean, some of the people I've known my entire life are still here. But one of our frustrations is that it is a quicker drive to the Kroger in North Augusta 
than the Kroger on Washington Road. And in particular, the 15th Street used to be our Kroger. I mean, that was where a whole bunch of us who lived in East Augusta, downtown Augusta, um, even near South sort of Augusta would, would go to that 15th Street Kroger. So um, just sort of, you know, how do you use money to help fix problems like that? Yeah, so one of those is that grocery store in downtown. Obviously, downtown needs a grocery store. We're working with a group out of D.C. now. We're working with other opportunities. So one is that grocery store dilemma. How do you get them here? Why did Kroger leave? Why is there not one in downtown? So it may be as easy as helping to buy down their rent for two years to make it make economic sense. It may be putting up a building and leasing it to them to help control those costs to really prove to them that there's a market. If they're here for two years with some subsidy, to help make that make sense. And then those the residents of downtown have that opportunity for a grocery store. And in theory, it works. They go back to no subsidies and therefore now we have a grocery store in downtown. Or how do you partner for a multi, uh, for mixed use development? How do you get retail and a grocer and other retailers together? We've targeted Laney Walker. We've targeted Harrisburg. We've even looked at that old 15th street site where Kroger used to be. Mm-hmm. We brought in Sean at the Sean um, Edwards at the Land Bank, Hawthorne Welcher Community and Economic Development. How do we partner with the other agencies in the community that can help us? And really, it has to be that unified effort on retail. How do we give the most opportunity for our citizens for those retail outlets, especially a grocery store? Everybody would like a grocery store in downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how do we how do we leverage that and other growth opportunities, uh, especially within downtown or within East? or even South. And we've got multiple conversations with retailers in South, uh, in South Augusta, South of 520, but all the way out Windsor Spring, uh, Dean's Bridge, um, several several others. There's multiple opportunities out there to redevelop, uh, to redevelop shopping centers. And that's what we really want. They're sitting there vacant. How do we put tenants back into them so they're a, they're a use for the community? Right, exactly. And I know sometimes people will think, gosh, nobody's working on this. Nobody hears us as we live with the problems that we have to live with on a day-to-day basis. But um, I think what you're highlighting is the ideas are there. Everybody knows that the need is there. Um, but it can take a while to pull everything together because there's so many people involved. There's so many moving pieces. I mean, realistically, I mean, how long do you think it may take you all to really work on this problem before we get a, a viable solution in place? Well, well fortunately, Tim has had multiple, Tim's had five or six major locations with retailers, but all of that, we take all of that with the pandemic. What mm-hmm. is bricks and mortar going to do? I mean, offices, we've got whole offices in Augusta that are vacant right now because everybody's working from home. So I think that has slowed us. I think the grocery store would have probably already been completed if we hadn't been in the last 10 months in a pandemic where everyone's at home, you're limited where you can go. And now Georgia's been open compared to the other areas of the country. The the state, the local mask mandates, uh, the state policies, the local policies have helped keep people open. Obviously, there's issues all over businesses are, have been impacted. Some businesses are going to fail and that has impacted the situation with retail. But our hope is over the next year or so, we have that grocery store problem solved. And then we have others that have been talking to us for two years now on locations in Augusta and Richmond County. And how do we put those into actual bricks and mortar and have it open for the public? 
Okay. Thank you for that. And then on the other side, the industrial recruitment piece, um, tell us a little bit about that $10 million and how uh, you all would use that. Sure. So our, so this office has been open since the sixties and industrial recruitment has always been the real uh, main driver behind this. Now we're slightly different now. Our avenues really touch multiple pieces. And I'm going to give you a little background before we go into what the use of those funds are. We still go after manufacturing. We go after customer care centers. We go after uh, cybersecurity now that we have U.S. Army Cyber Command here. We go after regional headquarters. We go after office developments. Uh, it's anything we can fit within the community that makes sense, brings investment, brings job to the community. So one of the things we've noticed, if you go through Augusta right now and you need an industrial building for manufacturing, there aren't any. You've got one right off of Wrightsboro Road on, with the old dark cup facility that's there. Uh, that is really the only industrial opportunity right now. So the way we work, we get requests from companies directly looking for locations that it can employ anywhere from you know, a dozen people to a thousand people. It varies from on size. But right now, everyone trying to get into market, produce product on the manufacturing side is trying to find existing buildings that they can fit to their needs and be in the market within six to nine months. Having to build a building from scratch, you can't do that. But right now, there are very few opportunities. So we're actually having to turn away those requests because there aren't existing structures that fit or there's just raw dirt that hasn't been prepped, that hasn't been pad, made pad ready. So the, 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 the look at those, we have 1,700 acres out at the Augusta Corporate Park, which is off of Mike Pageant Highway. If you know where Starbucks, the Solubles plant is, mm -hmm. that park has about 1,500 acres we own as a community or as a development authority. And then we have a various another 400 acres around the community that are primed and ready with utilities in place, with dirt in place, in zones that are helpful from a federal incentive standpoint. We would look at two things. We would look at spec building opportunities. Hopefully we'll have a third party partner. So we'll have a public private partnership for those to make it easier and to leverage those funds. But regardless of that, we put, put an industrial spec up because there's none in the market and two to do pad ready sites or so pad ready site. So if you wanted to go out tomorrow and start building a building, you're going to have to clear the topsoil. You're going to have to clear and cut or fill to where you need, and you're gonna grade a pad to a compaction level, and then you're gonna dig your footers, pour your foundation, and start building the building. That process can take 12 to 15 months. What we would like to do is put pad ready in place so you can go out there tomorrow and just dig your footers, pour your foundation, and start moving. You're gonna save three to six months on that construction time. That helps companies get into the market quicker. It gives us a strategic advantage over other communities that don't have those same assets. So those are the primary two ways, grading site prepping of the sites, actual pad readiness, because we've already got the utilities in many cases there, or even putting up buildings that can be plug and play and turn quickly to bring those jobs to the community. Those would be the three quickest and most efficient uses of those funds to create jobs within the community. And if you look at the manufacturing wages here, those are average $17, $18 an hour jobs. Okay. Very good. So time is money is the expression that is Absolutely. used in business. So 
basically to the extent that you can speed up the process to get a company in here that makes Augusta more attractive compared to, you know, Greenville, South Carolina or Montgomery, Alabama or wherever it is that they might be looking at in comparison to coming to Augusta. Yeah, and we compete, realistically, we compete with 12 other states. Companies are going to take a large search area, put their criteria in place. We need this many square feet. We need this much square footage. We need this many acres. Or really the question we get, we need this type of worker. We need this type of skill set in the market. And we're trying to come, we are trying to put our competitive advantages in place. We have a great workforce here that depending on the industry is a competitive advantage. We're working on training programs within the market to improve that competitive advantage. Now we're trying to look on the, on the actual asset side, the physical asset side, can we get ahead of other communities by having pad ready or spec in place to not only have a workforce advantage, but have a time to market advantage that puts us in a winning position to create those jobs within our community. Okay. All right. Um, that, and that's great. Putting us in a winning position. Now you mentioned that we're in competition with 12 or so other states. Are those going to be mostly states in the Southeastern United States? It varies. I would say our competition is Virginia to our North Kentucky I'd say Virginia, Kentucky, Missouri to Texas. So if you drew kind of a half circle across that area of the country. Now we'll have occasions where we had a project in during the pandemic. So our competition was Columbia, South Carolina, Huntsville, Alabama, Austin, Texas, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, San Diego, California, and Virginia. I mean, that, that is one side, one coast that's from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast and covers seven different major markets. Those are, and you can imagine what that, that was an office project needing professional uh, personnel. But, and you think about it, you've got a military facility in Huntsville, Alabama, similar to Fort Gordon. You have a growing professional uh, workforce and market in Austin, Texas. You have a well-built-out professional workforce in San Diego. Uh, so we're competing with much, much larger cities because of what we already have in Augusta. Yeah, I never would have thought of us competing much with Austin, Texas, because they're a million plus uh, in terms of population right now. Uh, and as of today, Augusta is a much better place to be than Austin, Texas is, because we're not frozen. <laughs> Well, and you don't have to live 25, 30, 40, 50 miles outside the city to afford a place to buy a home. Right, right, exactly. So those are the types of competitive advantages that you will discuss when people, when companies are thinking about making uh, expansion or relocation decisions. Absolutely. Yeah, we go all the way from the quality of life to the physical operating cost of a manufacturing facility or an office complex. Okay. And our mild weather and... Absolutely. Uh, two hours to Charlotte, two hours to Atlanta, two hours to the mountains, two hours to the beach. Yeah. And, so and all things that if you're in Oklahoma City or if you're in Omaha, Nebraska, you don't have that same access. Exactly. Exactly. So part of your job, too, is identifying where we have an advantage and making sure that those companies know that, you know, wh- where it is that Augusta's better. Um, well, a lot of, let me add one thing to that. So. Most people take a shotgun approach. Any investment looking at your community, they're going to try to locate. We have tried to be strategic in our recruitment. Where are our advantages? We've got a great water and sewer system that the city has built out over the years. How do we target companies that need that because of the capacity here? 
Very few communities have a 90 to 100 million rated capacity water system. They just, no one has put those resources together. No one has put the industrial property together that the community has over the years. Very few consolidated governments. So you have only have one point of contact with local government to hopefully make the process smoother and to make the process uh, competitive. That way you're not going through multiple hoops and making design requirements uh, too costly. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, one other thing I want to point out in terms of the structure of the Economic Development Authority, you have a board. If you could kind of describe how many, I don't remember how many members. So if you could describe how many members and who appoints sure. them and that sort of thing. Sure. So uh, my board or my bosses are a nine-member board appointed by the county commission. They are typically three a year. So it's a three, it would be a three-year cycle to appoint them all. The board's existed since the 60s, um, but it's made up of appointments from the county commission uh, and it's a nine-member board. We have a chairman, we have an executive committee made up of a chairman, a vice chairman, a secretary treasurer. Then we have six other board members that make up the full body. And those people are instrumental in making decisions about what you're going to pursue and and right. what sorts of incentives and things are offered. So just want people to kind of understand how all that works together. So I run the daily operations of the of the authority, but any incentive proposals, annual budgets are all taken to the board and approved. So we make recommendation recommendations to the board and then they approve those for action. All right. Cal, thank you so much. Uh, for those of you who did not catch his name at the outset, this is Cal Ray. Is your official title uh, executive director or did they give you, what is the title? President. 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 You're the president. All right. President Ray <laughs> of the Economic Development Authority here in Augusta has been discussing with us the whole process of how we uh, bring in more jobs, improve quality of life, recruit retail and industrial businesses to our community. So I just really thank you for being with me today. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we close? I would just say we have a lean staff. So if anyone needs help, whether it's local residents with good ideas that they want to share with us or whether it's businesses looking to grow either in the community already or even outside the community looking, uh, we're a five member staff. I have a project manager who does new recruitment. I have a manager of existing industry and strategy. I have a manager of commercial and retail development and operations manager myself. So very lean staff. Uh, but that's what we're here to help. So anytime someone has a good idea or needs assistance in navigating the system, whether it's for a location or expansion, that's why we're here to call us. All right. And give us your web address so people can find you. Yes. www.augustaeda.org. And that stands for Economic Development Authority, augustaeda.org. All right. Thanks so much for being with me. It's all my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. My guests a few weeks ago were Chris Bird, who's general manager of the Augusta Entertainment Complex, and Brad Ussery, who is a member of the Augusta Richmond County Coliseum Authority. At that time, they made it known to us that there would be an open house in regard to the proposed improvements to the James Brown Arena Complex. Uh, that is going to take place on March 11th, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., at the Bell Auditorium. So if you want to see renderings of the building and learn more about that project, please go to the Bell Auditorium 4 p.m. March 11th to do so. 
Next week, my guest will be Phil Wall and Michael Strange of the Security Federal Bank. Um, As a sponsor, they have the opportunity to come on uh, periodically and talk about some of the offerings of the bank. Last time, they gave us a comprehensive explanation of the Paycheck Protection Program. This time around, they are going to discuss financial counseling. As I said at the outset of the program and I reference frequently, we really want to help you improve your quality of life. And one way you do that is being in a better position financially. And while most of the focus of this show is on government issues, I truly believe that all of us need to understand how to better manage our financial resources. So next week's show will be on that topic. Uh, Please join us uh, so that you can hear about the offerings of Security Federal when it comes to helping people manage those resources, uh, get out of debt and learn the best tools available for them. I consider Local Matters listeners to be a community, and this is all provided for the benefit of our community, and I thank you so much for being a part of it. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net because local matters.